Um, I've introduced myself a little bit. I'm a primary school teacher. Lots of you know me. Some of you maybe know me by name. Some of you I d- I've never met. So let me introduce myself. My name's Tom. Um, uh, my wife, Chloe, is back here. She is absolutely beautiful. There she is. And one of my sons is in here. Rocco is there being cheeky. Very cheeky. And I've got another son, Caleb, who you may see is like a giant loping around during the worship. If you saw a blonde-headed giant just running across the front here, that was my son, Caleb. I work as a primary school teacher, um, and I write uh, books as well. So that's a little bit about, about me. Um, I'm going to start with a straw poll this morning, a very quick poll, about your preferred method of communication. Now, I just want you to imagine, you've got some important information to convey. How would you prefer to convey, convey that information? Obviously, this is very hypothetical, but would you rather... A text or an email, maybe a phone call, or perhaps face to face. All right, quick hands up, hands up for you're going to go with a text. All right, now I, I was thinking about this, I think it's, it's almost slightly a personality test. This, I'm not sure what it says to people. Important information via text. Three of you, though, it's perfectly fine. Email, you're going to go with an email. Some people email, how about over the phone? Oh, interesting. More people via email than over the phone. Face-to-face. Face-to-face. I definitely would rather face-to-face. Yes, I was expecting that. Face-to-face. We, we, we do prefer that. For that kind of important information, generally, lots of us do. Because we know that sometimes texts, emails, that kind of thing, written communication, just doesn't convey it fully. They can't see our face when we're saying it. They can't hear our tone of voice, see our body language... Leading often to confusion, to some doubt about what you're saying. My wife's particularly helpful in this area. If you've ever received a text message from my wife, you may be aware that she does not read them before she sends them. <laughs> has, anyone, has anyone had that? I can hear Natalie. Oh, right. Yeah, that's, I was expecting one or two, but that's quite a lot of you. Yeah, okay. She, honestly, does not, does not read them. Leading to me just getting strings of letters. Spaces between the letters, numbers, a couple of symbols thrown in there. And sometimes I think, it's beautiful, we've got this code that we just communicate in. But I don't, I don't know the code. It's just Chloe, just sending me random things. Hi, darling. Darling. If it starts there, I know we're going downhill. Hop, yoy, to, have, 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 the, hash, one, faffle, die. Love, Chloe. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Just, uh, yeah, I love you too, darling. <laughs> now, Paul, the writer to, to the church in churches in Galatia, in this region of Turkey, he's writing to these churches here. And Paul, we know through Galatians, values direct communication. He wants to be understood. We've talked about that as we've gone through this book, Galatians, as we've looked at this letter. We've seen that Paul values direct communication. I reckon Paul would have loved Skype. I left Skype out of my options, but I reckon Paul would have loved Skype. Would have loved it. He couldn't be there, but he could have Skyped in. He would have been there. I'm sure of it. Skype is brilliant. I shouldn't have left it out. Paul wants people to be clear about what he's saying. And he wants them to be clear about the big blows, the heavy blows. And he wants them to be clear about the big blasts of encouragement. 
He wants them to get the full weight of what he is saying. He doesn't want to be misunderstood. And that's true in this passage. There is one big blow and there is one blast of encouragement. So let's read. We're looking at Galatians 5, 16 to 26. Galatians 5, I think it's here, it is 16 to 26. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh of its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Jesus, we love your words. Jesus, we thank you that you are a very present God. That you are... The God of history, you are the Alpha and the Omega, but you are also my God of today and that you are with us. Lord, we thank you that you are the God of all creation and you're also my God, the one who reigns and rules in me, the one who dwells in me through your spirit. Lord, we just ask, Jesus, that you would speak this afternoon. Lord, we ask that you would speak through your words Amen. Often when I, when I talk, and I guess this comes from being a primary school teacher, as I've said, I, I, I kind of like a gimmick, I kind of like a title, or I like a bit of a narrative, a bit of a story, but I haven't got any of that today. So I'm sorry if you were hoping for that. I've got a few stories, but I really, I really just want to look at this passage, and I want us to take it step by step, and I want us to go through it. So we're going to start from the top. But I say walk by the Spirit. And you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the fl- flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other. To keep you from doing the things you want to do. The desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. At my school, we've recently uh, become a healthy school. We've got a healthy schools mark. Ooh. Yeah, no, it's not exciting at all. We get a little logo we can put on our letterhead alongside all our little logos. We've become a healthy school. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a weight off my mind, as well as potentially off my stomach, hopefully. In the future. Anyone who works in a primary school will know that primary school staff rooms are, are a hotbed of baked delights. Yeah, staff rooms, primary school teachers, you know that, right? There's just cakes, biscuits. And in my school... Not any longer, because we're a healthy school, but Gazala. Gazala's one of my TAs. Gazala would bring in the very best pakoras that the world has ever seen. Well, that I've ever tasted. Let's go there. The very best. was just amazing. And 8.30 in the morning, that heady, spicy scent would hit me. 
I just float. You've seen the cartoons where they kind of float. The scents come to I just float out of my classroom, my heart leaping for joy. Pecoras, morning pecoras. Nothing better. That's part of me. Part of me would be going, yes, yes, Gazala, pecoras. But part of me were going, Tom, you don't need a pecora. Tom, you've had a banana and a yogurt. It was delicious. You, don't, you don't, just don't need a pecora. You've got a salad waiting for you at lunch. That beautiful salad. It's got a bit of cheese in it. You don't need a pecora. And as I approach the staff room, I've got these two voices coming at me. One saying, yes, pecora. It's pecora time. And one saying, no, no pecoras for you. Until I decide, one way or the other. Until I decide, yes, I'm going to have a pecora. I can have a pecora. One pecora. One pecora is not going to make a difference. <laughs> or I say, no, one pecora is the slippery slope down to fried f- food oblivion. Maybe that's a bit strong. There's a battle going on inside us. There's a battle going on inside us. Bubbling away inside everyone who's given their life to Christ. Not the battle of the Pecoras, but the battle of the spirit and the flesh. The desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other. Martin Luther, in his... Um, commentary of Galatians and I would really recommend this if you want to get a bit deeper into Galatians it's quite heavy literally and um, metaphorically the text is quite heavy but if you, if you do want to you're very welcome to borrow this or pick up a copy of this I, there's a quote on this that says by John Bunyan before this is uh, before all books I have ever seen it's his preferred book so a great book if you want to get deeper into Galatians and Martin Luther puts it like this There be two contrary captains in you, the spirit and the flesh. In justification, God hath stirred up in your bodies a strife and a battle, the flesh and the spirit at war with one another. When you gave your life to Christ and he entrusted his spirit to you, a battle begun, the battle for sanctification, a battle within you to walk by the spirit. Now, I make... I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm making light of it with my story about Pecoras, but the reality is there are very real moments in my life when I'm very aware of this battle. Part of my job involves doing lots of exciting work with data. I have a huge spreadsheet that in private I call the Assessmatron. <laughs> I generally don't share that, so you're privileged to have that information. Uh, I do lots of work on data, and I did this big bit of work recently, a couple of evenings at home, working on just these two pieces of data, this, this little, little, like a little tiny table, but lots and lots of data going into that, crunching lots of figures to produce this quite interesting piece of data. And it's about, about in the morning, I've shown it to my boss, I'm showing it to the, to the head of school, and I'm saying, have a look at this, it's really interesting. And the first thing she said was, you can't use this. And there was a moment very real moment when I have one voice saying you don't know what you're talking about you don't know what you're talking about you need to look at this properly this is what wants to come out of my mouth you don't understand you don't understand the word that's going into it and you don't understand what this says you need to look at it properly pride rising up in me and I've got this other voice saying chill out essentially you need to control yourself right now you have to control yourself. 
a very real battle. And I'm sure we all have those moments. And yours may be very, very different moments, but those real moments when we know there is a battle. Sorry. There's a battle going on inside us. Now, Paul jumps slightly away from this for a moment. He goes to this verse. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Does anyone watch The Apprentice? Watch The Apprentice? Yeah, some people. You've got to watch it. you got to watch it. This is what people watch. We need to be there. We need to be in the world. We need to be able to talk about The Apprentice. <laughs> Might not be the apprentice. I'm slightly joking, but seriously, we do need to know what people watch and the kind of things that are involved out there. It may not be the apprentice. You don't have to watch the apprentice. But the apprentice. But the one thing I love about the apprentice is that it is so heavily edited. Now we have an, an editor here, and I'm sure they can tell you more about it. But I assume it's so heavily edited so that you have you have this one person, and they're edited down to just their naivety. And you have someone else who's edited down to just their moments of obnoxiousness. Not sure obnoxiousness is a word, but if it is, obnoxiousness. And someone else who's edited down just to their complete buffoonery. And we see these snippets. We see these little snippets of them. And we get this little bit, we get this little um, moment of them saying something that they just spin for the rest of the programme. Now there's a danger when we preach through a book and we look at little sections that we just have this that we just have this section that we don't have the whole picture of what it's about like in the apprentice we don't have the whole picture of what that person's like we don't have the whole picture of what the letter's about because it's a letter this is a letter written to these churches and it's one whole letter when it was written it didn't have the chapters and the um, the verses i'm sure when you write letters or emails you generally don't put in chapters or verses i hope you don't it was just one letter with one argument running through it and Paul, Paul wants to be clear about that argument he takes a moment to just remind the reader of that argument the argument running through Galatians that the law cannot save salvation comes through faith alone do hold on to that hold on to that because it's the thread that runs through Galatians and it's important that we have that thread and that argument as we go through this that overarching argument. And I want you to see something else here. Paul connects being led by the Spirit with being liberated from the law. He connects being led by the Spirit with being liberated from the law. In the same way as earlier in Galatians 3 when he says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. He's making the connection between the curse and liberty from the law. He makes the connection between being led by the Spirit and liberation from the law. Paul understands being led by the Spirit as part of the package of salvation. He goes on. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies and things like these. I just want you to note one thing here. There's no target group to this. Paul's quite clear. He's made this list, but it's not exhaustive. He says, and things like these. And things like these. There's no target group. 
You can't go through it as a tick list, say tick, tick, tick. I'm all right on those things. Okay, I can read over this bit. It's, it's, and things like these. The works of the flesh which are evident, which we know about, which we're clear about. I warn you as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is the moment. This is the big hammer blow. This is meant to be sharp. It's meant to be emotionally difficult. Here, when it was read out in those churches, you can hear the intake of breath. Now, I've been brought up in a church culture, which I'm sure lots of you would have a similar background, um, that you'd hear the credo, once saved, always saved. And our thinking goes, if you're in Christ, you are safe and secure and held. And in that culture, I would say there's a tendency to read through this kind of passage, to skirt it slightly. But we can't get away from the fact that Paul here and in other places in his writing, is not scared about making a connection between behaviour and eternal destiny. He's not afraid to say, if you live by the flesh, you are damned. The kingdom of God is not yours. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But you've got to remember what he's just reminded us about. That overarching message of Galatian. The people of God are no longer under a legal obligation. Salvation has come not through upholding laws. Not through not doing stuff. But salvation has come through faith and by grace. And in that moment of salvation, the spirit was imparted to us. Romans 8 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Sorry, I lost myself slightly. Those who are in Christ. Those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Paul is not scared to make that connection between behaviour and eternal destiny. Because Paul's thinking doesn't just go that in Christ means you are held and safe and secure. It clearly does go like that. Paul clearly says that. But he also says that if you're in Christ, you have the spirit dwelling in you. He makes that connection between liberty from the law and the spirit dwelling in you. And also, if you are in Christ, you will walk according to the spirit and no longer according to the flesh. If you are truly in Christ, your life will be characterised by the spirit and not by the works of the flesh. And that battle within us, that battle between the flesh and the spirit, is a sign of that. It tells us that God's spirit is in us. We all sin. We do. We can't pretend we don't. I certainly can't pretend I don't. We get things wrong. And I'll be honest, in that moment when my boss said, we can't use this, I didn't explode. I wasn't good. I folded my arms. 
And I went, okay, yeah, okay, okay, I'm going to go. And I went to just kind of go and get on with something else because I couldn't, I couldn't talk about it. And I, I had to put that right. I had to apologise to my boss. I had to say, sorry, I was out of order. You're right. I can see what you're saying. We can't use this bit and we can use this bit. And, but this is interesting, isn't it? And we had that dialogue about, yeah, well, it is interesting what you've done there. <laughs> I got it wrong. But that does not mean that my life is characterised by the works. Where are we? Totally lost it. The works of the flesh. Because I know that that battle is going on inside me. Even in the moment when I feel far from God, even in the moment when I know I've done stuff wrong, I still... I'm totally lost. Where was I? I still, even in the moments of feeling not close to God, of sinning, I still feel that sense of not wanting to give in to sin. I still hear, no matter how small it is, the Spirit's voice. John Piper puts it like this. Instead of belonging to the law, which, which demands and condemns, we now belong to Christ who demands and gives. Formerly, righteousness was de- demanded from outside in letters written in stone. But now, righteousness rises within us as a longing in our relationship with Christ. He is present and real. By his spirit, he helps us in our weakness. A living person who has replaced a lethal list. 2 Corinthians 3.6 The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So Paul goes on, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. There's this um, idea in education um, called proximal zone of development. Doesn't it sound exciting? Proximal zone of development, it's a really, really simple theory, idea. It just goes that um, we don't teach people, we don't teach true children, in my case, um, what they already know, or close to what they already know. There's no point. There's no point they already know it. They're not going to learn anything. And we don't teach so far beyond what they know, some skill or knowledge, be so far beyond what they can do or know that they can't attain that. We've got to teach here, in their proximal zone of development. Yeah, you like it? That's right. There's a danger, there's a danger when we read this kind of thing that we think this is talking to that area. There's a danger of us reading it and going, yeah, okay, I can be more joyful. I can be kinder. I can, I can, I can, yeah, I can be more faithful to God, gentle, right, yeah, self control. I'm working on it. There's a danger that we think, this is just about attainable for me. This is right in there, in my proximal zone of development. I've got news for you. It's not. Alone, it is not. It doesn't say here, if you walk by the Spirit, your fruit will be. It doesn't say Tom's fruit, if he walks by the Spirit, this is Tom's fruit. It says the fruit of the Spirit. It's not about our lifestyle. It's about what he is doing and producing in us. What our life will look like through his work within us. This is the massive encouragement. It's not about us striving to do these things. And it's not about us striving to not do those things. It's, it's, the heart of this is about striving to walk 
by the Spirit. And him working these things out. This is a list that characterises those who live by the Spirit. Paul goes on, those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Sorry. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. We've said we no longer have a legal obligation to fulfil. That's the clear message of Galatians. Salvation comes through faith. We've also said we cannot alone be better. We cannot alone bear fruit. I mean, at one point I was thinking about a title for this talk, and it was going to be something like, where's the battle? Where's the challenge? Something like that. Because the challenge for us is sometimes hard to ascertain. Is it about us trying not to do this? Is it about us trying to be more like that? Actually, the challenge is to walk by the Spirit. If we live by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. Walk can mean different things. Walk can mean very different things. I like walking can mean I like spending time alone in the wilderness. I like walking can mean I don't like getting a bus or I don't like cycling or or driving. I like something slower, a kind of leisurely way of life. I like walking can mean something more sociable. Now the word walk here in the Greek... Now I'm a bit scared about using... I don't think I've ever done this in a preach, but I was... yeah, I was keen to do it. Forgive me for the pronunciation. Correct me if I'm wrong, if you know I'm wrong. Not now, not publicly, that'd be too much. The word here, walk in the Greek, is stoichio. And it comes from stoichos, which means a row or a line. And it signifies walking in a line, walking in relation to others. Walking by the Spirit is not a solitary act. We walk in step with a person. The Spirit. And in listening to him, in trusting his lead, we crucify the flesh. When we follow his lead, we crucify the flesh. With its passions and desires. Walking by the Spirit is not a solitary act. As with everything in the Christian life, we do it with our brothers and sisters. They help us hear his voice. Through prayer, through conversation, through seeking the word together. Walking by the Spirit is not striving to do the right thing. It is not striving to not do the wrong thing. It is striving to love and trust and know the Spirit who lives in us more and more. I... I, In reflection on preparing this, in reflection on preparing this, I felt that in some ways I'd lost the point. Not on a not 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 on a a knowledge level, but somewhere I'd lost the point that the Spirit, the person of God, dwells within me. And is constantly talking to me. 
And I just wonder if that is true for others of us. And whether there's a point where we need to come back to him and just reconnect with that voice. Whether it's with one another or whether that is just with him. Where's Sammy? I wonder if this is the moment that Sammy can come up. Where are you, Sammy? Oh, there we are. Hey, Sammy. Because we're going to come back to worshipping again in a minute. And I'm... I guess our challenge is just to connect with him. To connect with him, to know his voice more and more, to trust him more and more, to follow him more and more. In that, crucifying the flesh. In that, him bringing out and producing the fruits of the spirit in us. It's not about trying to live a certain way. It's about trying to love a certain person. All right. I wonder if we stand together. I wonder if we pray for a moment and then let's come back and let's focus on him.